Hey, Jimbo, you ready for this deal? Turn him out. Stories like long lost friends, rodeos and late night bends, history before our time, round pens and pasture rides, cowboys of the Osage. Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage podcast, brought to you by the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum, located in historic downtown Pahuska, Oklahoma. Hey, it's old Cody here. And as always, I got my main man with me, my old partner, Mr. Rodeo Historian himself, Jimbo Snively. Hey, good morning, Jimbo. Good to see you. Boy, that was a good song that, uh, that Lane played right there. It's, uh, it's been too long since I heard it. Speaking of songwriters, I got to tell everybody, Jimbo is an accomplished songwriter. He has two songs out on a CD now, and we're selling the CD right here at the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum, and, and you can order it right off the website. What is it? What is it about, Jimbo, the two well, songs? Well, uh, one of them is called Sissy and Bud, and the other is Right Some Wrongs is, is an old outlaw song. But uh, the whole album is old country songs. It's got three original songs, my two and one that uh, Mike did is called The Ballad of Ben Johnson, which is appropriate for us here at the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum for, for sure. And you sure don't want to be without that one. Yep, get your copy right here. Who do we have today, Jimbo? Hey, Cody Boy, it's a great day in the Osage. And we've got a 16 times national final steer roper. He's won the all around Cheyenne. He's a million dollar cowboy. And he's been a, the director, the PRCA steer roping director for 16 years. The leader? Yes. Done a lot for steer roping in that time. And, uh, of course, I'm talking about Mr. J.P. Wickett. And, uh, J.P., welcome to the Cowboys of, of the Osage Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me on. It's, it's a pleasure to be on, guys. Well, we're glad to have you. I got to get this off out, out right off the bat. Jimbo's sitting over here with an OU hat on, J.P. Well, that, you know, I'm a big fan of Jimbo. If he's got his OU hat on, I'm a big fan. You know that. Yeah. I'm not, it's not very popular here at the museum, though. we got a bunch of Aggies here at the museum for some reason. Well, uh, you just gotta, you just got to look over that. You can't, you can't worry about that. you got to look over it. Nope, that's right. We like to go with the winners. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Thank yes. you. I swear. Where did you grow up at, JP? Yeah, I grew up in Salisaw, Oklahoma. I grew up about two, two and a half miles from Blue Ribbon Downs Racetrack. My parents had a Western store there in Salisaw for 40 plus years until my dad passed away and, uh, um, grew up right here, run a million steers right here in this arena, right here beside my house and, and calves and, and everything, uh, went to school at Salisaw, uh, went all 12 years at Salisaw and then went to, uh, Connor state college and then on to NSU and got a degree in elementary education. Tell us about your dad a little bit. You know, the, the, my dad was ahead of his time. Um, he was an outstanding horseman. Um, he liked to trade horses. He loved rodeo. He loved roping. That, that, that was his main thing. He would watch every run, 
whenever we would go to those ropings, he, he would watch every run. And that's all we would talk about on the way home. But he was an outstanding. He had a real good eye for a horse. He could look at a two-year-old and tell him what he was going to look like when he was 12. And he, he, uh, he, he was just uh, one of those guys that thought about it all the time, analyzed, critiqued, and he knew the kind of horse that it was like a, a steer horse or a calf horse, stuff like that. He, he, was, he was ahead of his time. Well, so you just wanted to be a roper all your life as a kid? You grew all up. my life. That's all I ever wanted to do. Uh, you know, they had that Western store downtown, and I was telling somebody the other day, um, I was talking about my son, and he was roping the dummy 100 times an hour. And they said, where did he get that? And I, when I'd get out of school, I'd rope the dummy in front of that Western store 100 times an hour, over and over and over. And all I ever wanted to do was rope. I, I'd watch those videos and study those videos and, Anything to do with a horse and a rope, I want to be involved with. That's all I ever wanted to do. You know, you don't think, or at least I don't think, a Salisaw is really roping country, but uh, I guess there's quite a bit down there. Well, there is. There's there's a lot of guys that team rope. Um, there's not too many calf ropers anymore, but there's a lot of guys that team rope down here and a few that bulldog. It, it was running horse country there for a bit, you know, when Blue Ribbon was, was up and Sure. And really cooking, and uh, they had a lot of running horses here. They run the Black Gold here, and and uh, the, of course the Blue Ribbon Futurity, and maybe some of the Hopes and Dreams. And you know, there was four or five years there. I was a professional pilot there at Blue Ribbon Downs. I, I piled it here, and I piled it there. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it, uh, a lot of horse horse country down here. A lot of horses down here. Oh yeah. I wonder if that Black Gold. That black gold derby or whatever he said is uh, named after this horse from here, Jimbo. The old horse black gold that won the Kentucky Derby. Do you know anything about that, JP? I do not. I do not. I know there for a while they would have those races in the finals and they they were giving away trucks there for a while. It's been been years ago, but of course I didn't have anything to do with that. I was a kid at the time, but it was a big deal to win those races. Did you know a guy by the name of Bob Roten that was a trainer down there? No, I know Robert. Robert. I, I didn't know Bob, but I know Robert. Okay, yeah, that's his boy. <laughs> so did you mainly team rope or rope calves growing up? You know, Cody, all I ever wanted to be was a calf roper, but back when I was 15, 16, 17 years old, I wasn't very big. And at the time, they roped a lot bigger calves back then. And I always, I always wanted to rope calves. I'd roped a million calves. But the uh, very first pro rodeo I went to, I went with Clay Tom Cooper to Kansas City after I'd filled my permit. But the first rodeo I went to with a card, and I got run over twice right in front of the chutes. And, uh, of course, I came home and, and I visited with my dad. And I always wanted to make the national finals. That was a goal of mine was to make the national finals and win a million dollars. And uh, my dad said, we might ought to, we might ought to concentrate on the team roping a lot more, you know, because I just was not very big, and uh, it sure made it where it, it was it was hard for me to get by. But uh, I was a state champion team roper in 1984, and I made the high school finals all four years. But uh, my dad said maybe we ought to concentrate on that. But my dad always wanted me to rope steers. That was his that was his love in rodeo was the steer roping. But uh, the team roping and the calf roping kind of branched off into the steer roping. But 
rope way more calves than, than anything in my entire life, but have run several team ropers and trippers as well. Who are some of the guys you looked up to back then, JP, besides your dad? Well, of course, you know, my dad was, you know, I mean, sure. golly, you know, I look back now and man, what you wouldn't, wouldn't do to spend one more day with your dad. But, uh, my, my horn roping idol was actually T woman. Yeah. You know, he roped steers and he headed and he was such a winner. And of course, along the times that I was a kid, Roy, Roy Cooper was, was, was the man. And, and, uh, of course when Roy roped, everybody stopped what they were doing and got quiet and watched him rope and T the same way. But I, I was fortunate enough to go stay with T for, for an extended period. And I learned a lot down there as far as winning and rodeoing and, and things like that. Right. Well, you had the distinction of, of roping at the national finals with uh, Trevor Brazil's first trip to the finals. Is that right? That That is correct. Trevor actually healed one year at the finals, and I was a header. Um, you know, a lot of people don't really realize it or know, but Trevor healed better than he headed. I always thought he could have been a world champion healer as many times as he wanted to be. Right. But he roped the goat all the time as a kid. And he was just, when he was 20 years old, he had the physical attributes of a 20-year-old, but he had the mind of a 40-year-old. And he was ahead of his time with the the roping, the winning situations. He was one of a kind. He, he was really fun to rodeo with. We had a lot of fun. Uh, it was a great experience for me, of course, getting to go to the national finals. But the, the road trips and the things that we were able to do and see and it was something that I will never forget. And of course, making the national finals is great, but just the time that we spent rodeoing and stuff, it was a lot of fun. What's it like in the practice pen with Trevor? You know, um, we were serious and, and I have been by there, Cody, a few times roping steers, go by his place and rope with him and whatnot. But, but Trevor's also a prankster. A lot of people don't realize this about Trevor. Trevor's a prankster as well. And, and, the practices were serious. You went down there with a goal, with, with an objective of something you were going to do that day, get it accomplished and whatnot. But he wasn't above cutting up at the same time. But when it was time for business, when you had to work a horse or you working on yourself, it, it was it was really business. And then when that was over, he, Trevor was real good at separating the practice pen with family, the practice pen with rodeo. He was very, very good at that stuff. And he did not let it carry over. And I think that's the reason he won so much. Because he had a short-term memory and he could just, you know, he might miss one or make a mistake, but he may win the next three go-rounds, as you well know. But he, he was very good to be around. If you ever seen him make a mistake, it didn't, uh, it didn't ruin his run every time. That's what it was. No, it, it, and he was that way in the whole – realm of rodeo and he's that way in life if he makes a mistake or something it doesn't carry over to the next year or the next guest you know he, he he can put that aside and go on and a lot of people you see or a lot of kids you see they're not able to do that but at 20 years old he could do that cody he, he had the mental he had the mental makeup of a 40 year old man in a 20 year old body when did you decide to start concentrating on the steer roping jp um, after I made the finals, I started teaching school and I had made the finals in 96, but I basically made the finals off of what I wanted Cheyenne. But 
the steer roping was enough of being like the calf roping. And then you still had to rope the horns. And I had a little horse that he, he would run straight behind him when you headed on him. And you could not get him moved over. And about 99, I, I got really serious about roping steers, 1999. And I think I made them back again. I think the first time was 01. But we spent a lot of time practicing and stuff. You know, at one time, Jimbo, that before JP was the director of the sport, pretty much the winner of Cheyenne was almost an automatic berth to the, uh, or if you won a bunch of money there, it was almost mm-hmm. an automatic berth to the steer open finals. Now, <laughs> now you got to win a bunch more than that. Right. So. Yeah, things have changed. Well, and I'll tell you, Cody, it's like the, the roping that's coming up here at Paul Huska Father's Day. Uh, the Ben Johnson's been around for a great number of years, but this year it actually counts for PRCA World Championship points. And adding as much money as you guys are adding and the, the money that's in the pot, there are several of those ropings now, and, and they call them standalone events, but there are several of those ropings, and the rodeos have increased their money. And uh, it's uh, the winner of Cheyenne now does not necessarily guarantee of making the national finals. It's definitely different. I can remember when the if you want to go around at Cheyenne, you were going to make the finals. I don't remember that part. Yeah, that's back, that back in the sixties. No, the, the first, the, the first time my dad made the finals, Jimbo, I think he he placed in a go round at Sheridan. Yeah, and made the national finals off of that money. Yeah, so yeah, it didn't Golly, take that, it didn't take much well, back then. It it's changed a lot, they, right. but they didn't have the rodeos that they have now. Now they have so many rodeos and. And the, the, the purses are so much bigger. I mean, things have definitely changed in, in all of rodeo, and it's for the better. You know, uh, Las Vegas, uh, the national finals, uh, sure, we all, the Okies all hated for it to go to Las Vegas, but golly, has that not been a great thing? You know, all that money, and those guys can come home now and not necessarily pay off their truck. They can go put down a huge down payment on a piece of property or something like that. And, and I'm glad for the, for the Cowboys now. What was it like when you went to the NFR out there? What was the atmosphere like? Oh, it was great. The atmosphere was great. It was, you know, the year I made them, of course, Speedy and Rich were the world champions. Jake and Clay roped together. Chris Lawson from Collinsville made them and roped with Mike Beers. Um, wow. No, maybe he roped with, uh, oh, the boy from Washington. I can't remember his name. Mike Beers roped with Matt Potter. Gotcha. But the atmosphere was just absolutely is electric. I remember, I, I remember this. I rode in the box the first, the first steer, and Bill Duval from the the Bulldog and Duvals over here at Shakota had told me. He said, "Son, this is no different than buying in Oklahoma." You know, he was trying to build me up and everything. But I remember riding in the box to run that first steer, and he told me, "Don't look up." Well, the first thing I did was look up, and I remember thinking, "This, this ain't like Vianne." <laughs> It was a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We we had a good finals, and, and that made it better. But just the atmosphere and the people and whatnot, it, it was a lot of fun. I remember that old horse you were riding. <clears throat> you sure did like that old head horse you were riding. You know, that, that horse came from T. Woolman. Um, he had ring bone. And, and I'll tell you what, Cody, he had the biggest heart of any horse I've ever ridden or been around. He could run. He would score. He didn't even move. He'd just stand there, and he could run and jump and face. He wasn't the strongest horse you've ever ridden, 
But boy, he, he was a lot of thunder and he was the same every trip. You know, he, he was, he was the same. I, I hated when I had to, had to quit riding that horse, but it, it just all things in. But that horse was a phenomenal horse. He was, his, his registered name was called Charge It Brandy. And we called him Old Brandy. But uh, that horse came from T and, and man, he was, he was something else. Seemed like he had a big roach mane, Jimbo, that was grown out and just sticking up straight up like a mohawk. <laughs> yeah. Best I remember. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah you, you're right. He, we didn't like he, was, time. he looked like he just drove to Las Vegas straight from southeast Oklahoma <laughs> over there. Yeah, he, he, like. did. he did. That, that horse had a he had a personality all his own. He 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 was something else, you know. He was he was good to be around. And, and you know you've heard of those guys talking about riding a horse that's a winner. That horse knew every time you really needed to win something, and he knew every time we were someplace big, because he just put that that foot out of his mind, and he he would go catch him. He he was he was a really nice horse. What was it like winning all around the Cheyenne? You know that uh, didn't really realize that even happened. Was entered in the Cats Open and won all my money in the Steer Open, um, and and at the time didn't realize what I'd done. <laughs> Did they even have you team know, roping at Cheyenne at that time? They did not. They did not have ah, team roping at the time. He's an old. He's been, he's been around a while. <laughs> yeah, I'm dating myself. I was going but to Cheyenne I was before they had in team the, roping too, Jimbo. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you were there before they had team roping too, yeah. <laughs> uh, it, it was – It was. I didn't realize how neat it was until my dad went to talking. And my dad was there. That, that was the neatest thing of the whole deal. My dad was there. Oh, I bet. No doubt. You know, we were talking about the finals there, and uh, everybody that watches the finals, they may not realize it, but everybody sees you every single night down there standing by Joe Beaver on the, by the panel by the uh, calf roping box, healing box. Do you help him out? Yes, sir. Do you help him out with any no. of this? Do you whisper no. in his ear? No, like a, no. Like I a actually, few years ago when he said, that calf flounced. I, I, I swear I said, I bet JP told him that calf was a flounce. That was a flounce. No, I didn't, I didn't, I didn't like help, help No, I didn't help. No, I can't even hear you. I'm standing there right beside him, but, but the reason I stand there, I am, uh, I'm the tiny event representative on, on the NFRC, which is the National Finals Rodeo Committee. But I'm the tiny event guy, so that's where they put me and where I can – you know, just kind of watch over everything. And if, if everything goes good, nobody says anything. But if, if something goes bad, you know about it real quick. A <laughs> couple of years they had headphones on me, and I, I don't guess they like that, so I lost the headphones. <laughs> I could have swore that you were you were in there uh, helping Joe out on some of No, I don't help Joe. I don't help Joe. I stay out of Joe's way. <laughs> well, we talk, but you can't hardly hear down there. It's real. It's real hard to hear. I know it's amazing what the finals has turned into out there. Well, it's it's not a rodeo; it's a show, and 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 the money. You know, people come from all over the world to watch that rodeo. This past year, uh, Vice President Pence was there, and and there have been several uh, dignitaries that have been at that rodeo when I, as long as I have been going, and uh, I think I've been on the NFRC for. 10 or 12 years now, but you know, some of the military night, they bring some of those people in to talk with us before the rodeo, when we have our meetings and man, some of those guys, some of the stories they tell are just, you can't believe them. 
and, and it's really neat to get to meet some of those people. But the reason I stand there is uh, I'm the timed event rep for the National Finals Rodeo Committee. Man, I don't get to help you out any. <laughs> well, I'm going to put you on the spot just a little bit. Is it going to stay in Vegas? Oh, I don't see it leaving. Now, I was on the board this past when they had the negotiations you know, four, five, six years ago. And I don't mind telling you that was absolutely miserable. Uh, we, we had phone calls every day. We met one seemed like once every two weeks, we would meet someplace. There was a lot of, of turmoil at that time. I, I think the relationship has changed. Uh, the, the, the Las Vegas events, they realize what the rodeo brings. The rodeo realized what Las Vegas brings. And, and I don't see it leaving, but, but, you know, you never know about things in the future, but I, I kind of hope it stays in Vegas. I was very appreciative for Dallas and what they did for the Cowboy. Right. But I know a lot of people wanted it to go back to Las Vegas. Yeah. I thought it might move to Dallas one of these days or somewhere in the vicinity, Jimbo, but after going last year, I think it's probably pretty much cemented out there. I mean, it's nothing can – Nothing can keep everybody in that close of proximity and uh, have as many events going on as, as as Las Vegas. I don't I don't see it going anywhere either. I don't I, either. I, I would have thought it what, might, but I don't think it is now. Those guys, that's how they make a living is is is, is the shows and the of course the, the card tables and the the one arm bandits and things like that. But they they know how to get people in and they know how they know how to run things with things like that. You know that town. They're very organized. They they know what to do, when to do it, and they're they're good at what they do. Not their first rodeo, is it? <laughs> no, sir. No, sir. And, and you know, and I'm gonna say this: the year I made the finals in '98 was the first year they made the team rope an equal money. And and our the header won the same amount as the calf roper. The healer won the same amount as the bulldogger. But that was the first year they made it equal money, and. They sold those lower tier seats. Those seats now cost three hundred dollars. They're called gold buckle seats, but that's where they got that extra money for the bell racers and the team ropers. And you know, it, it made a big difference. I think we won forty five or forty six thousand, but it would have been half that. You know, had they not done that. And, and I remember, I got an interview after I won a go round out there. I don't even remember what go round it was, but. I remember talking about that and, and the reporter was doing some explaining of, you know, about the seats. And I really, at the time, didn't know where the money come from, but now I, I understand and whatnot, but those, those guys, they try. Oh yeah, for sure. I wonder how much that $48,000 would have been at this year's national finals. You would have won over a hundred thousand dollars. I bet JP. Well, I'd have got close. I, I know we won two rounds and, one second in a round and maybe split third and fourth in a round and one fourth in a round. And that, that was it. I think I know we won two rounds and we won second in a round. I remember that, but, uh, we went out of average right off the bat. Trevor roped the leg on the first one. And I lost my rope on the second one. <laughs> <laughs> I, I remember thinking I got up the next morning. I remember thinking I might ought to call the bank. So this could be a long week. <laughs> But it, it turned around. Was that? Did you say that was in '96 or '98? That was in '98. I made the steroid finals in '96. You know when when you got 
$50,000 in your pocket driving home in 1998, Jimbo. You're pretty much sitting on top of the world, I bet. Felt pretty good about it. Oh, man. I tell you what, I was, I thought I was something. You know, little did I know things would change, but I thought I was something. (laughs) It was a great experience. I'm glad I got to do it. When did you decide to get interested in being a director, JP? You know, I talked to Buster Record was a director previous, and I talked to him off and on. You know, that I, I was just roping steers. I wasn't team roping anymore, but I talked to him off and on several times about when he slowed down or when he didn't want to do it, I was going to be interested in doing it. And uh, I guess there in 05 or 06, I guess I got real serious and got to talking about him about doing it. And then I, I started there, I guess it was 07. My grandfather was steer roping director in 1948. Are you serious, right, Lee? That's 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 something. Yep. Wow. Hey, I tell you what, it has been an experience I'll never forget. This is my last year to do it, and uh, the end of March of next year, I will be I will be done. But it is something I wouldn't trade. No way, no how. It, it led to I spent eight years on the board, and and that was when I was when when the negotiations came up for the NFR and things like that. And, and I got to, was able to go and do and meet people and do some things I normally wouldn't have gotten to do. And, and I'm very appreciative for that. And the steer open being the event rep is what made all of that possible. What are some of the changes or some things that took place that you're proud of while you're director? Well, the rodeo count for one and the added money at the finals, the signature events, uh, rodeo count went from, from in the thirties to in the sixties, uh, the national finals had to half a million dollars. Now national finals still open had to half a million dollars. Now where before I think it was like one seventy five or one eighty five when I started, I think, um, the signature events of getting those were the, the places that want to have steer roping, but don't necessarily want to have a rodeo, but they'll add the $10,000 like the Ben Johnson. Right. You know, those places like that that have those. And I'll tell you something else. The, the National Circuit Finals, that, that has been a really good deal that has helped our sport a tremendous about, amount, whereas you have guys that don't rodeo as much that can still win a national title. That money, does it count for the World it Championship does. now? It, it does. It does. And the, the Circuit Final money now counts. And I, I, I think that's a great thing for the steer ropers. The circuit finals have changed in the fact that their payoff has, has greatly increased in all the, the seven circuits that have still open. There were times in the past, Jimbo, that, you know, after a long year of rodeo and I had made the circuit finals, but there wasn't a national circuit finals and there wasn't any money to be won to speak of at the circuit finals at the time. And, heck, I just didn't enter it, you know. So right. I oh, you're, a- you're not the only one. There was a lot of guys that – had made the circuit finals that wouldn't enter them, but, but they enter it now. It's, it's, you know, you go to Duncan, which is the, where the Prairie circuit finals has been for the past few years. And you wrote with you went five or 6,000 and you're not there one day. It's a great thing for the steer ropers. Yeah, it's a lot, but it's, they're doing a great job with it down there. We used to not know 
from year to year where we even going to have the circuit final. We had it at our house one time, Jimbo. I had, it, had it at Rocky's house one time, sure enough. <laughs> that was before JP took over with his leadership. I tell you what I saw with JP when I was um, roping, and we were, we were in the business. We had the cattle, too, so we dealt with him a lot one-on-one. But he, uh, he wasn't afraid to ask a lot of these committees whether they want, wanted to have steer roping, and a lot of places tried steer roping out for quite a few years. And um, he even got steer roping in San Antonio. And I think maybe they lost it for a year and it's back now. I'm not sure exactly what's going on with that. But just just the fact that we had it in a lot of these places and uh, JP just got it in a lot, of, a lot of places, a lot of guys would have never dreamed. You know, he wasn't afraid to get told no. <laughs> right. You could definitely well, tell he was making the calls and uh, working on our behalf as, as a steer roper and, and doing it. A darn fine job. So that's 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 what well, I Cody, saw. I, I thank you for those comments, but I had a lot of help. You know, I, I had a lot of guys that helped me. The the San Antonio deal went through Keith Martin. Um, that's one of the things, one of the actual rodeos that I, I am proud of that I didn't mention a while ago. But I am proud of San Antonio. They did they did have it for a few years, seven or eight years, and then they quit. But they're back to having it now, and I think they will continue to have it. They were very happy this past year and have made some upgrades and changed some things. And, of course, that will all come out as the year goes on and, and we go to setting our ground rules and stuff. But, you know, you you, uh, you never know how far, far a frog will jump till you poke it. But we, we tried. We tried a lot of places. And I, I was told no more than once. But uh, we did up our rodeo count. And, and that's kind of what the guys wanted. They wanted to rodeo a little bit. And and that's what we did, or we tried to do, and and it just I had a lot of help in all that. One thing I've seen JP is the amount of money up there at Mulvane now. Uh, is that a lot of that part of the Vegas package? I mean, how where's that money come from? Um, it comes from the PRCA in Las Vegas. Um, the the Las Vegas events. Uh, Carl Stressman was the commissioner at the time, and there was a big push to rope in Las Vegas, and. At the time, Carl and I got together, and we had thought, you know, hey, we'll we'll try this, try this, try this. And then he called me one day and said, hey, I need you to fly to Colorado Springs. We need to talk. And he said, I want to talk to you face-to-face. So the next day, I left Fort Smith and flew to Colorado Springs, and uh, we sat down and talked, and he said, listen, this is going to be a situation where if we do have a national finals in Las Vegas – for the steer ropers, it may be great for a year or two, but I don't see it benefiting or being in the best interest of single steer roping. Why don't we ask them for some money and go on? And that's that's how the route we went, and those guys stepped up to the plate, and they write us a sizable check for the national finals, and it allows it. The PRCA adds a lot of money as well, but it allows it to add the $500,000. And, and I, I tell you, I, I really appreciate the Vegas guys for the way they handled that at that time because they didn't have to be that way. But Michael Gone and his crew out there, that they didn't they didn't shy away. They just rerouted our trip. But I, I really like what they did. And and I'll tell you something else. During COVID, I didn't know if we were gonna get to have it at Mulvane and Michael Gone actually reached out and if we needed to, we were going to be able to use the South Point. 
pastor for that one year. He, he actually reached out and was trying to help, you know, and a lot of people don't know that, but those, those guys, they've been on our team, you know, it's just, it's just, it gets a bad rap at times, but those guys have been on our team. And, and I'll tell you, those guys have been a, a great lift or steer open and nobody ever really knew it. Well, they know it now. Well, they, they, they need to, cause they, they, they went above and beyond. No, it's, I, it's sure been great for steer roping. The the money up there at Mulvane is just unbelievable. Well, yeah, I mean the rounds are ten thousand yeah, dollars a thousand yeah. dollars. Who, who right? thought that thirty, forty, or forty years ago? You know, or even not very long ago, just in the early two thousands, yeah. Jimbo. Right. You know, you want to thought we were a long way well, from ten thousand dollar go rounds right. at the national final steer roping. Right. You know, you, you you set goals for yourself, whether you're roping or 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 being the event rep or a dad or whatever. And my goal was to get to 10,000. And after I got that and I'm not rodeoing anymore, it, it's time for me to step away. But it's something that I am proud of. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I'm glad that those guys get to rope for a half a million dollars. Oh, absolutely. Well, yeah, there's a couple. You know, of them. They come out of there with some big old piles yeah. of money. Holy yes. money. And, you know, a lot of people don't know, but those guys are paid when they show up. They get a stopping when they show up now. And and that that is something that I, I pushed for really hard. I wanted everybody there to get a check when they got there, no matter what. And uh, that that money allowed me to do that. And also now it's kind of like Vegas in the fact that the the number fifteen man can can win a world title if things fall exactly. Right. Oh, I'm telling you. Well, you know, yeah. it's not like the gays of you know. And Cody, you'll remember this when talking about this. But Guy Allen, it, there was no drama. Guy could have fell off ten times and still been the world champ, you know. And it's not that way now. I mean, people are up there; those pins are, are going back and forth in the stands. Yeah, you know, well, people are figuring and stuff like that. Guy had it locked up most of the time. Several times, most of the time, most of the time. Several. He didn't even have to place in a go round. He didn't even have to enter, Jimbo. Oh yeah, and that was that way a lot of times in the sixties and seventies. You know, same deal. But yeah, it's great to see J J Tom Fisher. He just came out of the middle of the pack out of nowhere this year, this last year. And uh, you know, and I tell you what, there couldn't have been a greater world champion. I rodeoed with J Tom two or three years in a row. We went to the Northwest together, and I'll tell you what, he is as fun a guy to be around as there ever was. He just goes with the flow and and wants to have a good time, and and of course t- takes care of his business. He wins, you know. A tremendous amount, but a great, a great individual. You know, an, an individual that the single steer ropers can be proud of as their world champion. Yeah, any kid could walk up to him, and I could say Jay Tom, without a doubt, would probably take time out of his day to talk to him or give him an autograph or answer a question about roping or anything. Absolutely, somebody would absolutely want. so absolutely, and uh, probably great, great individual. Yeah, never would hear him say a curse word or. Really do anything no. bad, Jimbo. <laughs> well, you know, the other no. day, a week or so ago, no. you know, we were over at Claremore up in the announcer stand, and, and he was getting ready to leave. I know they were wanting to get to Wendy Ryan or wherever, you know, and he came, before he left, he came up there and spoke to us, shook her hand and thanked us and before he left. That tells you That's something. just the kind of guy he is, yeah. Jimbo. Right. That's just the kind of guy he is. Well, but, you were talking about Jay Tom. You, you and him were traveling partners. Who are some of the traveling partners you've had through the years? I mean, you started off – your first national finals with uh, – you made the fi- tripping finals before you made the team roping finals. Did, did I hear that yeah. correct? Yeah. Now, 
When I made the tripping trial of Cody, I went to about eight or ten rodeos, and I went by myself. Oh, I got you. You know, I didn't know, know anybody or anything like that. Now, the year I made the team rodeo finals, I rodeoed with Trevor. And, uh, of course, I rodeoed with my good old partner, Mike Chase. You know, uh, Beloit, Kansas, now McAllister, Oklahoma, or Paler, Oklahoma. Mike and I rodeoed together for, golly, <laughs> 15 years or, or more. You know, I still talk to Mike about two or three times a week. Yeah, they were like an old married couple, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You know, I'll tell you a funny story. We got into it one time, and all the times we rodeoed, we got into it one time. And uh, it was over Mike. We was at Sterling, Colorado. And Mike didn't have a trip on a steer. And we were both broke. We didn't have two wooden nickels. Very stressful together. time of year. Very stressful time yes, of year. Yes, it was in August. And, and, you know, you're trying to gather up all you can to go to the Northwest. He didn't have a trip on a steer, and, and uh, they flagged him out. And the, the, the flag judge asked the line judge, well, the line judge didn't know. And he kind of shrugged his shoulders, so the flag man flagged him out. Well, Mike didn't have a trip. Well, we got into an argument over him having a trip. And we argued, we went to the trailer and we were arguing back and forth and throwing buckets and throwing things in the trailer and stuff. And we loaded up, didn't say a word for about 50 miles. I looked over at him. I said, you hungry? He said, yeah, let's eat. So I pulled in. I said, are we done with this? He said, I'm done. And that was the only time we ever had an argument. (laughs) But, you know, he was one of those guys that when it was time to pay the fuel, he paid his part. You know, if he had to buy supper, it was his turn. He bought. He 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 was a good guy. To Mike and I had a lot of fun. A great guy. I can only imagine great where guy. y'all were eating when it was your time to buy JP. I went. I went with him a couple times myself, Jimbo. <laughs> <laughs> when it was my turn, we probably pulled into Seven Eleven. God. Well, Mike's one. Of, Mike is one of the tightest people I've met in my life. Tell. I wrote oh, him with JP is. somewhere. So <laughs> and he's an accountant. He gets it down to the penny. <laughs> oh, shoot. We had a lot of fun. We had a lot of fun. Cody, you remember the time that uh, I forget now where you were taking the steers, but you pulled over at the rest area because you were tired and we were following you. And uh, you were walking around that rest area trying to wake up in your socks. <laughs> <laughs> well, I done been a long ways by that time, JP. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. I was thinking about that the other day, and I got tickled. You, you text me and asked me the the secretary's number for the rope and the Ben Johnson. Yes, sir. And for some reason, that thought just crossed my mind, but I got to laughing. Yeah. I thought, oh boy. Oh yeah. <clears throat> I. You know when my dad, when I started trucking, let me tell you what he did, JP. He, you know where he lived, right there off the highway in our paler. Oh yeah. Oh, yeah. Paler, Oklahoma. The gas station was literally mile down the road, Jimbo. Right. He said, get in this semi and drive it down here to the gas station. I said, okay. I never drove a semi before. It had a great big uh, cattle trailer on it. We got diesel in it. Drove it home. He said, pull over here on the side of the road. He got out and he told me to go to Andrews and pick up a load of cattle. And I would uh, know how to drive the semi by the time I got back. And that's the only... Semi truck and drive instruction I ever got. I pulled that bugger all over the world. <laughs> yes, you did. You pulled those steers all over the place. <laughs> you know the the thing about Rocky. A lot of people don't realize, and 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 cattle have changed. Cody Cody knows this, but cattle have changed. But Rocky, there was an art in making a steer open steer, and 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 Rocky could do it 
where a lot of people couldn't, and he, he knew how to do it. And he was it was really good to have Rocky as a contractor. You know, they always had big horns and always were the right kind. Rocky was just he, – he, there was an art to that, and he knew how to do it. Yeah, it's a tough it's a tough business being in that steer rope and stock. I think being probably a stock contractor in any business is a pretty tough business. It, it seems. Is. It, I'm sorry. It is, and you know those guys do it because they love it. Oh yeah. Heck, it it looks easy though. It really does until you get in it. Hell, heck, JP even got in the steer rope and cattle business one time, Jimbo. It didn't take me long to get out. <laughs> It's uh, it's an extremely tough way to make a living. The guys that do it have done it. They do it because they love the sport. And as an event rep, I, I'm very appreciative to those guys that have done it and are doing it. Well, you got to be because there's not a whole heck of a lot of guys doing it out there anymore. So, to me, that would be that would be the downfall of our sport is you know losing all our stock contractors. So correct. Correct. That's that's a that's a that's a true statement. But there's uh you know the guys they take it pretty serious now because there's so much money up for grabs and there's a lot of tension, you know, out there. So there is. They, there, there's a lot of money up and, and 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 people do take it they are they were serious back then, but you know you know, and another thing, diesel's five dollars a gallon. It costs you five hundred dollars every time you pull up to rope. And, and a vehicle's eighty thousand dollars for just a plain Jane truck, and and it's it's you, you kind of the margin of error is error is very slim. Yeah, I feel like it's getting to be more and more and more of a serious serious business every time you back it. Up is. The, it always was serious business, you know, but now it seems like it's very very serious business every time. It is. It is extremely, and and you know, like you guys have said, when the finals had five hundred thousand or. The roping at Paul Huska adds all that money. And, you know, the guys that wrote good, you know, you go to Paul Huska and you wrote good and you went ten or $12,000. That's nothing to sneeze at. No, that's nothing to sneeze at. Heck, we're going we're gonna to double our added money next year. We're going to just keep getting bigger and bigger up here. Well, that's what you said, you know. And, and when you've got committees like that, being an event rep is easy. You know, when, when I called Cody and I said we were talking, of course, he, he contacted me first about having the roping, but, when we talked, you know, and I said, well, our secretary, our timers, he said, JP, don't worry about it. Just get them. I'll take care of it. Man, that makes it easy. You know, you, you call people to work for you and, and they're glad to show up. And, and when you got a committee like Cody over there, that, that is, that is one of the true blessings of being a steer open event rep. Well, thank you, JP. You got, who, oh, who, who do they got going to be running up against in your vacant spot? Are there a couple of guys going to be going head to head or are they pretty well picked? Well, I, I, I know of a few, but, but I don't really want to say any names as they may back out or there may be a few add-ons and I want everybody to have a fair shake. You know, uh, I have visited with a few guys and kind of laid out what it's all about. And, you know, the, the joke of the whole situation, I tell them you get $60 a month stipend for your, for your phone payment and you're going to use the $60, <laughs> you know, you're going to be on the phone a lot. Uh, being an event rep, you, you do a lot of telephone time, but, uh, you know, the, the guys that are, that are interested in it are great guys and, and they're going to carry on and, and it's time for some fresh new ideas. You know, that, that we need some turnover, you know, it, it's time for me to step aside and, and have new, new guys with turnover and, 
and and keep this deal out. What do you think about this college steer rope like world it. championship? How's this looking to you? I like it. You know, you got young guys, and I'll give you an example. They go to Claremore, Oklahoma. They cost them five hundred fifty dollars to rope, and they drive over there, and they're in college, and they haven't been very many places or haven't been any place, and they have to beat Scott Snedeker, Jay Tom Fisher, Ben Fisher. You know, all those top guys. It's hard to win some. But in the college ranks, they've got them where they are roping against their own age group, their own division, and they're not having to beat those guys. And they get runs and still win money, get runs, and can carry forward to getting a permit or getting a card and going and roping against those guys. And they can hold their money together a little bit. I think it's a great thing. You know, you see these guys, they get in the steer roping because it looks easier to them to win a little money, Jimbo, or maybe have a chance to make the national finals. But what they don't realize, it's actually one of the hardest ones to probably make the national finals at because everywhere you go, you're roping against the top 25, no matter what. Every single roping you go to pretty much in the PRCA. Every single rodeo, you will have several of the top 25 at that particular rodeo. And it makes it hard to win when you have to be – those guys are in the top 25. There's a reason they're in the top 25. Well, their winning and, you know, percentage have, is real high, you know. It just really yes. is. So. Yes. It, it's it's uh, one of those deals where it doesn't matter if it's a small rodeo that has $500 or the Ben Johnson that has $10,000. You, you've got to have your, your, your razor sharp because you're going to have to beat some of the top guys at every rodeo. There's no way of dodging them, is there? There's no way a dog, you know, in the team roping, and, and I actually filled my permanent rope in Kansas. It was at Pecatonica, Illinois. But in the team roping, you can go to different places, you know, or, or everything spreads out where it's a mandatory event. They have 600 rodeos. When you have 60 rodeos, and that's it, you know, that top 25 is going to be at those 40. Right. And then there's going to be a few of the top 25 at the other 20, depending on what part of the country. You know, so that 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 is one of those deals where you you can't you can't hide from those guys. You you got to just ante up. Yeah, take your licks. Hope you keep yes. on taking. <laughs> yes, that that's why I like the college deal so much. Is it lets those kids get some runs. Yeah, that's good to get them a little bit of seasoning on that deal because yes. there's not a whole lot of options. I guess they have the ACRA here. I guess they're actually gaining a few steel. Hey, that's a good too. deal. That's a good deal. That that's a really good deal. Those those guys have put together a good deal. Yeah, it's a good place to cut your teeth, get a lot of good rodeo runs, maybe get some runs on your horse before you take him to some bigger rodeos and Sure. And then we have the Osage Steer Roping Club. That's the there's not a whole heck of a lot of places for a steer roper to get a lot of runs where there's a no. team roping. Yeah, I that's where I started was the, the Osage deal at Paul Husker there at Delbert's. You know. And went to those for a year, and those ropings were great. I think Rocky had the steers those years, you know. But uh, it was it was a great place for me to go. It didn't cost a lot of money, and I got a lot of rocks. Hey, you remember that uh, McIntyre roping they had down there at Kiowa there for a while? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, Choctaw Rules. <laughs> yeah, the Choctaw Rules. Uh, well, explain to everybody what Choctaw Rules are real quick, just so we can get that out of the way so they're not wondering what it is. Well, Choctaw Rules is there is no barrier. 
and there'd be a flag man that would start the time when the steer came out. You could rope the steer at any time, but when you tripped him, he had to hit on the other side of the chalk line, and the chalk line would be out there about the 35-yard line. You know, you could rope him anywhere, but when you tripped him, he had to hit on the other side of that line, and I believe there were no rap movies and no six seconds. Yeah, they didn't have to stay tied, but you couldn't take one rap in a hooey, Jim. Right. No, you couldn't take one rap in a hooey. That roping was a lot of fun. Pike put that roping on. Uh, shoot, that, that roping was a lot of fun. They had it there at the Roundup Club or the arena there at Kiowa. Yep, right there in Kiowa. You remember that yep. time your foot went through the stirrup there, Jim, JP? I do. Uh, probably the <laughs> one of the scaredest I ever, I've ever been. I, I roped and tripped the steer, and uh, I pulled my foot back up underneath me, and when I did, that stirrup kicked up. And when I went to get off, my foot went plumb through the stirrup and it was up around my knee. And I was hanging on the side of that horse. And uh, my dad was sitting off down there on the left-hand side of the fence in a lawn chair. And he and Jim Davis jumped the fence and stopped my horse. Because I was in a pretty good pickle. It worked out that nothing happened at all. But it could have been really bad. But I remember I was sure glad to see Jim Davis and my dad. <laughs> I hate to throw insult on injury here, but what about the time over here at the Ben Johnson steer roping? Man, I tell you what, I roped the steer, and uh, I got my horse over the rope and got him over the rope with both front feet. And you talk about wind one up and warp him down. <laughs> so that's not insult to injury. It's just one of those things One of those things that happened. I got my horse over the rope, and steer went one way and horse went another, and I was in the middle. Uh the good Lord just didn't didn't need me that day, Cody. Or it, it was it was my turn, but he he didn't need me, and I, I I'm thankful that I ended up where I ended up on that horse many times because that could have been really bad. But I was sore for a few weeks and and whatnot. But uh, had the doctors release Pecos, I remember that. But that's one of those deals, you know. That steer open if if you haven't seen it, stick around. There's going to be something else happen. But Cody just remembers the bad stuff. Sounds to me like he hadn't bragged or talked about any of your good runs. <laughs> well, there wasn't very many. <laughs> oh, shoot. You, you know, in all seriousness, guys, Rodeo's been great to my family. Rodeo's been good to me. My folks had the Western store, of course, Cowboys and stuff like that. And and I was able to Rodeo. Probably kept me out of trouble. And, and I, I have nothing but great things to say about Rodeo, professional Rodeo steer rope and ro- rodeo has been very good to my family and myself well, i think you've been pretty good for rodeo and steer ropers too well i, I thank you for that but I, I've, I've liked doing it you know and when you when you like doing stuff like that you'll do a better job what about your horse hollywood how do you get that name hollywood oh hollywood um sylvester stallone rode that horse in one of the rambo movies <laughs> The horse had a big scar on his front leg where they, they, they used a wire to trip him. And you can see it in the movie. But they, they rode that horse in, in one of those Rambo movies. Wow. And they rode that horse in the movie Tombstone. And uh, I was actually bought that horse a team rope on. And uh, we got him home and got to tinkering with him on a log. And my dad said he thought he would work. And we went to roping on him, you know. And that horse wasn't the fastest. That horse wasn't the strongest, but I'll tell you what you could do. You could miss the barrier about a quarter of an inch. Every steer you run, he was going to stop every time, and he'd give you all he had. 
Sometimes it wasn't enough, but he was trying. He was a winner. And he was a winner. Hollywood let me win a lot of money. Uh, he was more famous than probably any horse out there. Nobody knew it, but uh, yeah, Sylvester Stallone rode him and, and they tripped him. They used a trip wire and they tripped him and he, he had a big old scar on his front leg when they tripped him. But that, that horse came from a man down there at Asher, Oklahoma, and uh, he, he was tied in with the movies and you know, they had pictures of him pulling a wagon and all kinds of stuff. But uh, oh, Hollywood, he, he was a dandy. JP, if, if you were making a Mount Rushmore steer ropers, who would you put on it? Need four names. Dial and Trevor Brazil. Um, Shout. Um, and probably Clark. Okay. Pretty good list. I like it pretty good, Jimbo. Yeah. He didn't stew on that one like no, a lot of, a lot no, of people can't say that fourth name a lot of times either. Yeah. You know, uh, some from the past, some from the, the present. Of course, you can't go into the future. But, how, how, you know, and, and those guys, I mean, I, a lot of people play, pay, you know, their respects to those guys as far as the steer roping is concerned. And it, it's just those are the four names that probably mean the most to me. I think it's a good list. That's a heck of a list. What about that wicket? What about that wicket bloodline? Is it in, in the rodeo business still? Now that you're well, Cody, you know down, everybody wants kids? to brag on their kids, and I, I, I'm no different. I've got a boy that uh, made the college finals last year. Um, he graduated college, and and he's rodeoing around here. Uh, he did get his permit and ropes calves. Team ropes a little bit, but ropes calves, and and sure proud of him. And then my my littlest boy. He uh, he's won Barry Burks twice. He's won Roy Cooper's once. Uh, he's won Oklahoma's Richest once. Made the junior high finals last year as a sixth grader in the Calf Open and Team Roping. And uh, this year he won the Team Roping, won the Ribbon Roping, ended up third in the Calf Roping, and he made it in uh, light rifle shooting, which is not a roping event. But uh, he sure puts in the time. He's working at it. Uh, I'm hoping that my kids go on and are able to rodeo as much as I was. You know, uh, I hope that there's a foundation there. Uh, my littlest girl runs the poles and barrels. She's nine years old and, uh, she's roping too. She gets a tie on when she heals and she breakaways. But, you know, I, I taught school for a few years and it just seems like it, that nowadays no parents spend any time with their kids. And if you spend some time with your kids, and, and rodeo is a great way to spend time with your kids, and it, it just you just hope that it, not only in the rodeo business but in life itself, it carries on with your kids. I think it teaches some great, great values. Oh, well said. But sure. I learned some not so great values on the rodeo trail sometimes, Jimbo. But that was just me. well, I, yeah, and, and Cody, that, that is out there for. I'm just, I'm just making it. But, but that's out there for everybody, Cody. I mean, you can have that driving up down the main street to Salisaw at ten o'clock at night. Yes, sir. You know, where if you've got those kids in the practice pen, when they get done with the true practice, they're not worried about going to town. They're worried about going to bed. You're right. You're right about that. You know? No doubt about it. And, and I'll tell you something else, guys. To win nowadays. You better spend a lot of time in that practice pen because if you don't, somebody else is. 
Yeah, what about these kids coming up nowadays? I mean, it's almost unbelievable. You know, they're jerking them out of school. They're spending all winter in Wickenburg and mm-hmm. then all summer somewhere it's, else on the road. It's, rodeo. It's, it's to win. It's, these kids have got to spend time in that practice pen or they're not going to win. I don't care who, what, when, if you don't spend the time, because nobody cares about your buckle this week. They'll run over you to get to the one next week. You know, and that's just kind of the way that deal works. You rope horns so good. What's your best advice on roping some horns while we have you? Oh, there's a lot of different things you could you could say. I, I guess my my biggest mistake, and the thing I would I would tell a lot of kids now is, is get you some big horns to rope, and make sure you can catch those big horns. And, and slow your rope down and, and let the tip of your rope open, let your rope open up. But that's the, the main thing is nowadays they rope a lot of little horns and it seems like when they run a big set in there, kids panic. And I have a set here at the house that are pretty good size. It's a dummy, but I, I make my, that's what I make my, my boy rope is the big set. He doesn't get to rope the little. I always panicked when they ran a little horn steer in there, Jim. <laughs> Wave like, it off of no. me. See, I, I don't think of it like that, and I guess it's the calf rope in me, but when they'd run a little horn steer in there, I I, I like that. <laughs> you know. Yeah, he tied some but that's, that's the main thing, is, is, is don't get in a hurry, and you, you still got to go through all the bases. You got to touch first base before you can touch third base. You know, and there's a lot of videos, there's a lot of schools, and you can take something from all of them, you know, and, and make it work for you. The biggest thing, though, is, is is get you a plan of attack and go with that plan, and you've got to practice. You can't do it if you don't practice. Finding a mentor. That's not a bad thing either. Finding a mentor. You know, is, is getting somebody that you want to rope like, you know, that, that is a top level, a guy that will handle his horse, handle himself, handle his rope really well, and go ahead and pattern yourself after it. Heck yeah. Thanks for the advice, JP. Well, I don't know if it's good advice or bad advice, but it's some advice, Cody. Well, there's going to be thousands and thousands of people here. So. Well, you, you know, my, my biggest thing is, is as a kid, I wanted to go fast so much, and I didn't really learn the things that I should have because I thought you had to be, at that time, six flat. You know, it wasn't like today. Man, I thought you had to be six on every steer, and uh, for a long number of years, I didn't get along very good at the U.S. Ropens, but that was the reason. Mm-hmm. You know, I didn't catch enough of them in a row. Holy crap. And I, nowadays, I think now that you've got to get to where you catch them. You catch them. You know, nowadays, I feel like those dang headers, they got to take a very low percentage shot to even have any chance to win anything. A lot of them do at a lot of the rodeos. And some of the rodeos look kind of bad, but, but I've explained that to people, too. You go to a rodeo with 60 teams. There's 50 of the 60 that can show enough rope. But out of the 50, there's going to be 40 headers that, that hit the line and let it go or let it go before they ever hit the barrier. There's going to be 20 of those headers catch, and there's going to be six of those healers out of the 20 catch. So there is your six holes, and you don't go to just get your name called. You're trying to win something. And if you want to win something, you've got to take those chances. You're still the director of the steer roping. Why don't you do something on behalf of me and Jimbo? Get a hold of the director of the team roping and tell him uh, 
Make it slick horns only. Me and Jimbo want to see slick horns only. Team roping rules. You know, I, I proposed that, that at the NFR one time. It's been years ago, right after I got on the NFRC, and I thought they were going to run me out of the room. <laughs> I'm just messing around, but it would be it would be good watching though. Oh, it helped the sport. If it was horns only, it helped the sport. Clean it up a bunch. Yeah, it would. It would clean it up. That's exactly right. They take some higher percentage throws, probably. They would. But you know, though, Cody, nowadays with the videos and the way they practice and everything, I don't know if you've slowed them down that much or not. These guys are unbelievable now. I'd hate to be having to make a rope, uh, living with uh, with a team rope in my hand for sure. Or a calf, oh, or a calf rope. Just watch them. Just watch them. I mean, you know, you, you watch it on the Cowboy Channel and you stop it and you rewind it and you watch it. And, and the thing, it, it, they're absolutely amazing. And even, the, even at the steer roping the other day, Jimbo, you know, it was still like 38 or something for the last hole. You still had to be pretty quick on three head. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, you're looking at less than 13 a steer, and, and that doesn't allow for much of a, a boo-boo. No, it wasn't a very big spread between first and sixth place at that roping. So, you know, everyone's just getting better, and they're getting faster. It's good to see there's a lot of names that I don't recognize, and then there's a lot of names I do recognize because they were just little old kids running around when I was rodeoing. Now, now they're rodeoing right. just like – just like their dad or with their dad. So right. it's just good to see. Right. It's good to see the uh, the sport sports in good shape. It looks like you're leaving it in good shape, JP. Well, I hope so. That, that's my goal now is to leave it in, in better shape than when I found it and let those guys have something. There'll be some, some stuff in the cupboard, and they can take off running with it. Well, I think so. Well, thank you for, uh, for sitting down with us. You got anything else for him, Jimbo? Oh, just appreciate – him coming on with us today and appreciate everything he's done for steer roping well i've enjoyed it and you know what i i appreciate you guys having me on and giving me the opportunity to visit and talk and and all and and it's 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 really nice that cody you've taken that ben johnson over and if there's anything i can help you with that in the next few days you know the roping will be here father's day and it's just a couple of weeks away but if there's anything i can help you with please let me know you got it jp appreciate it man all right, everyone. Guys, thank you. Yes, thank sir. You. Thank you. Thanks, JP. All right, everyone. You this bet. has been a good one. Be sure to like and share. Buy Jimbo's CD. He's got two songs on it, Oklahoma Mike. And uh, we'll see y'all next week. Thank you, JP. See you, Cody. See y'all. See, see ya. Old stories like long lost friends Rodeos and late night bends History before our time Round pens and pasture rides Cowboys of the Osage